to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we discuss Jake Armstrong's contract extension, rumours of a Bath player heading down the A4 to Bristol and the latest news and views on how the coronavirus pandemic is affecting our beloved sport. We also have a feature where we take a look at some of the opposition players that have impressed us this season. I'm Tony and this week I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well gentlemen, um, we, we are certainly got the the social uh, distancing because uh, you're all on the end of telephones again so let me uh, let me go to uh, everyone individually first of all um, let's go over to Miles who I, I believe has called in from the stately home um, the butler's holding the phone to his ear as we speak Miles you, we haven't heard from you for a couple of weeks lovely to have you back well, thanks very much. I mean, I, I made it to and from my uh, my uh, my ski lodge in the Alps before it all got cancelled. Obviously, glad to be back, and actually, I'm quite glad to be you know helping my tenant farmers by giving them a, a rent reduction over the next month. So we're all doing our bit, Tony. But glad to be here. And, and is it true that you've you, the the polo pitch? You've you've turned that over for agricultural use now? Yeah, absolutely. I've got some farmers. Yeah, just uh, seeding some crops for me now, Tony. Yeah. Excellent. Lee, how are you, fella? Hello, Tony. How are we doing? Uh, hello, boys. How are you, how are you both uh, How are you both doing? <coughs> my, all right. My, I, I, I mean, I don't know if this actually classes as uh, an appearance, to be honest, because obviously none of us can see you. So this well, could be pre-recorded. Yeah, that's no bad thing, Lee, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, thanks, Tony. I'm well, thanks. Jolly good. And Pete, how are things? Actually, Pete, I've got a bone to pick with you. You told me when you had that spare room decorated, it was going to be our podcast studio. And I saw that it's been turned into some, to some kind of disco dance studio at the moment. Can you, can you explain that, please? Well, I, I, you're right, Tony. It has, um, it has been requisitioned. And I mean, to be honest, we are on a wartime footing at the moment and uh, you know everything has to be used for different things but yeah unfortunately you're right it's um, you know obviously with the home learning situation starting tomorrow um, we've had to turn it into a, a kind of fitness stroke dance studio and um, you know for uh, our regular live streaming of um, Mr Joe the body coach Wicks so yeah I mean it's uh, mate I'm, I'm really sorry um, you know multi, it's, it's turned into a multi-use space well if Tony, I could can I just Tony can I just say I thought we were on a wartime footing a couple of weeks ago when we saw those uh, stiff pants on the radiator I mean they looked like they were from uh, the Churchill days so yeah it certainly looked like <laughs> mate, chem- those- chemical warfare yeah. those mate the, the way things are going those pants are going to have to last for a few years at this rate <laughs> There we are. Uh, just one plea, um, just if you could uh, not post anything of you and your spandex doing dance moves on, on social media. <laughs> it's too late, mate. It's already out there. Oh, goodness gracious me. Well, let's leave it there. Let's talk uh, Bristol Bears then. Uh, and some news coming out this week, which was good news, was that um, Jake Armstrong has uh, signed a one-year contract extension what do we think of that then let me go to uh lee first yeah i mean i i, I think yeah it's obviously it's fantastic news i mean 
Uh, of the two Jakes, obviously, uh, Mr. Armstrong has is, is, is not played uh, quite as many games as what we would have liked so far. But um, I know he's, he's definitely been um, looked after by Pat and, and he's very, very highly rated. So, yeah, fantastic. Uh, you know, a new contract for him and um, well earned, I think. Yeah, just um, I noticed when I was getting ready for the show, it was his birthday as well uh, last week. I think he's actually, it, it, St. Patrick's Day was his birthday, so he's just turned 26. So uh, happy birthday to Jake. Um, your, your thoughts, Miles? Well, well, I don't know how you get ready for the show, Tony, because, you know, you just you just record it, don't you? But there you go. I mean, it's, it's funny, isn't it? It's almost like, I mean, it's fantastic, fantastic news for him, but it's a little bit like out of sight, out of mind. I sadly forgot Jake Armstrong was even in the squad, to be honest with you. And I think there have been the prevalence of Walmore and Lewis Steen playing so well in so many games. I mean, brilliant for him, but um, we'll obviously discuss in a minute the knock-on effect of a, a few more players we might like in this position. But I think it's great for the English qualified players to get another year. Miles, you're going, you're going a bit wonky there. I don't know if you're, oh. you're, you're within Wi-Fi... De- decent strength, but uh, you sounded a little bit like you were in a, um, a spaceship for a moment. I am a Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm not in a spaceship, but I, I don't think that's any better. You know what it is? No. Tony, you know what it is? He's not in Bristol, is he? No. He's, one of those, he's one of those ones that have gone up to the Lake District. Or, or a pri- private <laughs> island somewhere. To clog it up. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> He's on one bond too. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, um, and, uh, what, what, what's your thoughts then on the, the Jake Armstrong and um, what, what, what do you think this maybe means for, for Lewis Thede? Yeah, you talked to me there, Tone. Sorry, I, I missed that. Yes, Pete, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny that um, Miles mentions that, you know, out of sight, out of mind, that people might have forgot that Jake Armstrong was in the squad. But I, I get quite a lot of people forgot that Miles was in the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, they, they definitely got a lot in common. But going back to uh, your question, um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of reasons why I should have him. Number one, I, I think you had a conversation with Pat, didn't you, on the hoof before? Um, last season and got the impression that he really rated Jake Armstrong and and I think probably has felt that he's not really had a chance this season because of injury so deserves another chance Um, and secondly it got me thinking about his name um, Jake Armstrong and of course it reminded me this is something called normative determinism the theory that people gravitate towards areas of work that suit their name and of course obviously he's he's a prop so uh, Jake Armstrong, we can't we can't get rid of somebody called Jake Armstrong, can we, from our squad? So uh, I think that's the second reason why Pat's realised we've got to keep him as well. well that... um, and poor old Lewis Thede, I don't know, I don't quite know what job he should do. But no, I mean, I'm, you know, joking aside, it's a difficult one for Lewis because you know I think he's had a he had a before the virus got us, he's um you know he was looking really good. He was getting a he was getting in the first team, playing well, scoring tries. So it's a difficult one that you know it would be a shame if he if he was surplus to requirements. I've I've seen a little bit of speculation that he possibly might be on his way to a championship club for next season. I, I I'd certainly be sad to see him Saracens. going, <laughs> possibly. Um, but at tight head, when you think we've got Sinclair, Afoa, Lahif, and mm. Armstrong, you know, mm. do do you need a, a fifth tight head prop? Um, obviously, Sinclair is going to be away for uh, a while. Um, Afoa isn't getting any younger, but uh, I think I think it would be a great I mean, shame because Lewis Thede, I, I, I've really enjoyed watching him play over these last mm. couple of games. 
absolutely agree, Tony. But one thing I would say is it, it does mark out how highly rated I think Jake Armstrong is within the the, the leadership at Bristol. And and I think that um, we'd all be gutted to see Lewis Feed leave because I think I totally agree he's been brilliant. But I, I think Armstrong is very very highly rated, and you know even though he he has been injured, he hasn't played to get another year's extension says a lot to me. So hopefully. Uh, if we get some rugby next season, then um, you know we'll be able to see the real Jake Armstrong. Yeah, and Lee, we 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 had a chat with Pat, didn't we? After um, that, down at the gate, it was some uh, discussion thing that, that that was on. I think it was pre-season, and he was talking yeah. about the two Jakes, the two props from from Jersey, and was really excited about the the prospect of getting them in and then being coachable and. Uh, actually being uh, top quality players for the future and uh, I don't know if yeah. you guys remember it was Jersey I think they were the only team that beat us uh, in that promotion year and um, their front row certainly did the business on us um, from my memory uh, when they did come on and win at Ashton Gate and that was with the two Jakes uh, playing against us it was I mean they were they were outstanding and, and it really stuck in the in the mind actually because obviously we it was a fantastic season for us. We didn't get beaten very often, and um, and I think that that performance on that day really stood out. Um, both the Jakes were fantastic, and obviously, you know, Pat is um, you know, he does his own work on players, and and that those performances on that day in particular. Um, but I mean, Pat was he, he actually did say. It, I mean, I, I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but. He rates both Jakes so highly. I mean, you know, potential England players. So, you know, that's you know that is pretty high um, high praise from from Pat himself, really. Absolutely. I mean, you you may um, the other elements of it might be the fact that you know since Jake Woolmore has come on so much this season. Pat might be looking at Jake Armstrong and say, you know, actually he's got the potential to do exactly the same thing as well, given the the kind of they were starting in the same place almost. And you know, as I said yeah. before, I think I think he's probably thinking, you know, it's not his fault he hasn't come on; it's his injury and stuff. So you know, another year, and uh, you know, he does like his coachable players, doesn't he? And um, I reckon Jake Armstrong probably owes Jake Woolmore quite a lot for that um, contract extension. Yeah, and at 26 years old, he's still got plenty of rugby in him. Um, and uh, yeah, well, congratulations, Drake. And we look forward to, to seeing you play for the Bears next season. Um, in, in other news, um, there is speculation that uh, Chris Cook, uh, scrum half at Bath, uh, might be joining the Bears. Nothing official from the club, uh, but there's been one or two stories around now, if I can, Pete, as you always have a foot in both camps, Bristol and Bath, maybe you'd like to take <laughs> this first. <laughs> I thought you were about. I thought you were going to say it's because I used to be a scrum half, Tony. Uh, yes. Uh, well, uh, to be honest, Tony, if it's true, it, it's not a, a kind of exciting signing. I mean, he's obviously not good enough. He got binned straight away as soon as Reese Webb got there. Um, you know, it clearly, he, if he is signed, it would be as a kind of seasoned third scrum half to kind of mentor, you know, Buren and um, Randall, I would have said. Um, clearly, it also suggests that Sturzacker is, uh, is is out the window, um, which is, a, is another interesting talking point in some ways. We may have mentioned this on previous pods that, you know, for someone who played quite well, around the turn of the year he, he's obviously something behind the scenes you know Pat doesn't fancy with Sturzaker so 
I would have thought that's it's probably you know that really just a kind of a consolidation signing yeah and maybe too, too early for Blake Boylan to come through from the academy uh, as, a, yeah. as, as a backup scrum half and yeah. Sturzaka um, obviously must be on a decent wage I think having come from what was it the Melbourne Rebels um, yeah. so maybe it's about balancing the books um, and yeah. yeah he is on his way out talking about balancing the books for this season I'm sure people have seen that Bristol Bears along with other premiership clubs have uh, implemented or the players have agreed to a 25% pay cut thoughts around the the cyber table around that then who anybody you you, you oh, yeah yeah <laughs> I mean you know I mean you know amount of my revenue I would dream of taking a pay cut as you know well no lads but uh, you know I, I think it's a responsible thing to do there are you know there's speculation that our, our good friend Charles Pietau is on like a million quid a year it's not a great pay cut for him, is it? I still think he'll be shopping at Waitrose on, you know, a 25% pay cut. Right. But it won't down... be open in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, but down to the lowest level of the club, the groundsman and the lower pay, it is really a big deal. But, you know, I, I know you guys sort of chatted last week about the fact that you'd be happy to, for the club to keep your money for the season ticket next year and I hope all, we all do that but yeah we've all got to do our bit really and keep you know to keep the club afloat uh, I think it's really responsible the club to sort of take this, take this initiative and it looks like most premiership clubs are going to follow suit yeah I mean I think um, I agree with uh, with Miles you know 25% uh, cut across across the board I would say like the, the socialist side of me would say a little bit unfair I mean staggered staggered um, this you know discount of wages would be a lot fairer because uh, you know obviously the poor guys that are on um, you know the the basic level pay. I mean, you know, in, 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 in the long run, the longer this season has been, is going to be stopped for, I mean, the longer that all these players are really going to be just um, digging into Steve Lansdowne's pocket, aren't they? And they're finishing his, his billions, as it were. Yeah, so, but we, yeah, but we, we say that in Mars, but obviously, uh, you know, Stephen Lansdowne has taken a massive hit because obviously, you know, with the stocks and share market yeah. at the moment, and I know it's all relative, but because obviously if you've got a lot, you're going to tend to lose a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it, it's, um, I mean, it is all relative, but I just think 25% across the board is pretty tough on the, the guys at the bottom level. I mean, also, look, I mean, putting a serious note on it, I mean, players aren't necessarily the only people in society at the moment that are taking a massive hit. No, of course uh, And, you know, I think whilst it's, it's good to speculate, I don't think we need to over-speculate too much on on how it might affect them because you know clearly there's there's a you know there's a lot of people in uh, all walks of life who are gonna you know who've got an uncertain few months ahead of them and um you know despite you know despite certain assurances for certain types of worker from the uh, chancery exchequer yeah I, I don't know i mean it's it's you know you're right in a way that the, the club has, has got steve lansdowne at as a sort of safety net, just like the rest of us have got, <laughs> have got like tax, <laughs> the treasury is a safety net. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it, it, it's, it's so unknown, isn't it? I mean, you know, we discussed this last pod is that, you know, how long can some of these clubs really go for without mm. any revenue coming in? 
Um, and I, sus- you know, we suspected that kind of we could get through this season. But, you know, I mean, at the end, mate, every, you know, every, every day, it's, everything seems to kind of, everything's upside down, isn't it? So, you know, we'll just have to take it one step at a time, I think. I think you're right. I mean, I mean, there's currently just no income generation for the club at all, is there? I mean, it's across the board. I mean, a few weeks ago, we could have picked up... Um, uh, Leicester Tigers for 60 million quid but now that's been taken off the market too um, I mean it's, it's funny isn't it I mean you know I don't know how the club are going to generate some income people were having a bit of a laugh the other day that you know they could slog off some of their kit because now it's going to be made by Umbro next year it's all needs to go if they made so made a few more of those IPA Bears beer which I had a goat about a few a few pods ago they could have been slogging that couldn't they but yeah, without any income, it's, it's troubling times for every club. And I mean, to be honest, one of the things about playing at somewhere like Ashton Gate is that the whole point of Ashton Gate is it makes money out of other things massively, mm. you know, and, it, and that is an important part of the club. And, and obviously shutting the gate, you know, it, it disproportionately maybe affects the, the, the company because, you know, they're, they're, the, the amount of revenue they're losing in all sorts of things is, is much more than maybe a kind of a smaller rugby club that has a much sort of tighter system. But, yeah. you know, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's troubling times, fellas. Troubling mm-hmm. times. Indeed. So one of the other things that came out this week was the RFU saying that they're going to close down all rugby below premiership for the season. Now, is this does this give us a sign to what might be going to happen with the Premiership? Um, and what are people's thoughts around the RFU's decision? Let me come to Lee first on that one. Well, I mean, first of all, Tony, I mean, personally, I thought it was a, it was, um, it was a really quick decision that, that was made. And I, I was surprised, really, that, that we couldn't just, um, that, that time wasn't allowed to go on for a few more weeks and then find out where we were with that. I mean, the the the, the the big issue that worries me about this is obviously uh, I read somewhere today that uh, maybe if um, if Newcastle Falcons go up, the Elin uh, trail finders uh, potentially could sue because obviously uh, the season isn't finished and sue the Falcons. Um, and let's face it, I mean the Falcons they're nailed on to to get promoted, but. I just don't know why that decision was made quite so quickly. I mean, I think we're all in this this process at the moment where we I think we just need a little bit of time and a few weeks to work out. Let's get everyone everyone sorted first. Everyone's Mate, health I mean comes let's look first. at it. Educationally, the binned A levels and GCSEs like that overnight, it, it, you know, there there's no wait and see in education, was there? It to me, it they know. They know that you know it's 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 not even you know the, the, the science is telling them that there is nothing going to be happening in our country in May June. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think that that they wouldn't make a decision like that, literally like that, with, without any kind of just cause and, and sport sporting fixtures. You know, in the context of like public exams, is I'm I'm not surprised they've just binned it because there's no point waiting. But, but, but Pete, my point is obviously the championship have, have made that decision, but why why no one else? Well, it's, it's everything below the Premiership. It's everything yeah. below the Premiership. So it's it's yeah, rugby I mean, rugby in all forms across England is now I mean, off for the season. The hold of the Premiership just because it is such a massive business for maybe the chance, but I, I you know this is a pretty 
you know, I have no basis of this, but just based on my thoughts and thinking about stuff, you know, I think season's over. They will freeze the They will freeze the league positions. We'll be top six. We'll be top four. We, we, I don't think there'll be any playoffs. We'll just the top six will just be in Europe next year. Uh, Saracens get relegated. Newcastle come up. Fish bash bosh. We start again in September. It, it, that is that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I think we've got to get our heads around that as, you know, yeah. it, it, it's very difficult. It's a very difficult situation in all walks of life. But I think it, it, the easier we get on, get our heads around the fact we ain't going to see any more rugby until at least September, because I, I don't even think I'm going to see a classroom until September. I'm not joking. So we, we have just got to move on and start doing, you know, start, you know, <laughs> educating our kids, basically. <laughs> I think it's a bit like this podcast, Pete. I agree. I think we, 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 we've all realised now that we're not going to see each other ever again this season. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm quite happy about not seeing Lee for the rest of the season, to be honest with you. But we're fa- fa- <laughs> face facts, we've moved on, we've adapted our podcast, and uh, yeah, end of the season. I, I think it, it's here, isn't it? Are you saying we've been waiting for social distancing all this well, season? I- yeah, I wasn't going to say this, mate, but I'm quite happy with social distance generally any day of oh, the week. And, I, and I've, been, I've been planning it since September last year, to be honest with you. Well, I, I've, got, I've got to say... Well, there we, I, well, there we go, folks. There we go. <laughs> Coronavirus has come literally from Miles's hands. Yeah, forget about the fish market in Wuhan. It was Miles's secret laboratory. Yeah. Well, well, to be honest, I thought Miles had been practising social distancing for some while because every time we went to the bar, he, he was always at least two to three, if not five metres away from the till. Um, and I think his wallet was even further away. <laughs> anyway, let's let's Bring move. Back, Tony. Let's move on. Let's move on. So one of the things I wanted to to do, and you know, if we're not going to see any more rugby, it's uh, it's nice to maybe reflect on some of the great rugby that we've seen. And we talked about our magic moments of the season last week. Now this week, I want to put it to you all. Um, give me an opposition player that has impressed Come you. Come to me first. <laughs> a game that you've seen. So a, a, a game against Bristol, who's been a standout opposition player? So I will go to you firstly. Right. Before I tell you my player, Tony, I, you know, I said last week that... Um, you know, and Lloyd was was my my highlight. Do you know what? When I thought about it, I did think actually it didn't happen during the game, but we all didn't mention the uh, singing of Blackbird on the wreck after the, the the win against Bath when we when we did the double. Um, that was a that was a standout moment for the season, wasn't it? But I know that wasn't like you asked specifically for a, a game moment, but I did feel it was probably the right time to put that one in there because that was a that was that was huge, wasn't it? That was a magic moment, absolutely. Joycey conducting from the centre circle. Brilliant. Yes, yeah. brilliant. Right, okay, best anyway. best player that I've seen in a away shirt. Now, <clears throat> do you know what? There's very few players I think in the opposition. Uh, stand out because obviously when we're watching a game we we watch mainly our side don't we so someone from the opposition to stand out has got to play absolutely amazing rugby Um, 
And do you know what? I, when, you, when you asked this question, I, I thought to myself, immediately one name sprung to mind. And it was, it was Ben Loder for London Irish. Um, when, when, when they came, when they came, came down to Ashton Gate, and you know, as soon as that guy got the ball, he was absolutely electric. And I mean, I think, and I know I said it at the time on the pod that I think this guy is potentially a, a, a definite world class player. So I don't know who's laughing there, but Ben Lowe. You're talking about the 27 all game? No, no, this was in the Premiership Cup. Uh, game, Premiership Cup, right at the beginning oh, of the season. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was yeah. just thinking, I don't think he played in that for that 27. Yeah, but I forgot about it. Oh, yeah, okay. of course, mate. Yeah, sorry, mate. Well, yeah, and, and I, I, know it was a pre, I know it was a pre season game and everything, but you know, when someone's just, you know, absolute class so that, that was that was my my standout player from the opposition okay just looking it up on the ipad well just to check he oh, played. Okay. yeah he did play yeah yeah miles who well i'll tell you what tony i mean I, I think i think pete's got a list of four so let, let's come to me next in case he's already got it go on then you know what? you'll probably agree that the very first game of the season the only man on the pitch for bath was Zach Mercer. No. He was absolutely amazing that day. He scored the only try for them. Uh, and he brought that team together. And I was just flipping lucky, you know, unlucky for Bath that he'd been injured ever since. But he is a star performer at number eight, you know, probably on, should be on Eddie Jones's radar day in, day out. Um, he was he's the only player I saw that day playing for Bath because we had such a fantastic win. But Zach Mercer, he was he played a blinder against us. And if, if I remember rightly, he took an injury, didn't he, after about ten minutes and was hobbling around, um, and still, did, yeah. it still ended up being their so, best player by a country. Can board. I just interject a little bit there because because we've got to look. There are going to be some of our pod listeners who are going to be very disappointed with that because they're disappointed with the fact that you didn't lay out some guidelines that not. I, on no account could any Bath player be in this list, and and I, that, I like you know even I think that that's a bad move to have it. A bit of, so I just thought I just throw that in. That's coming that from an ex-employee. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, a bit we didn't, have any, we didn't have any rules. There were no yeah. rules set in. The well, I smiled. I just thought it was obvious, but you know, uh, I think you protest uh, too you, much. You, you see the like, people leaning towards Bath already in this, can't you? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> even me, even me, right, even right. me. I don't think you should have done. All right then, chaps. Pete, who's who's your standout player? Well, partly because he was a standout player, partly because it was about the last game we saw. So my my memory's not that good. And I was actually struggling to think of in I couldn't even remember any games, but it was the big unit for for Worcester in the centre. Um, he was the one with the hair because we 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 had conversations during that game, quite impressed, even though he seemed to be offside quite a lot of the time. And he, he's Ollie Lawrence, it was his name, um, the young lad in the centre for Worcester. He did look pretty good, um, yeah. and there was some speculation on. Um, other podcasts, and I actually called them a t- to account on this on Twitter, that they said that he was the son of Sid Lawrence, obviously the Bristol legend. Yeah. And of the course, Gloucester I thought, cricketer. that can't be... Yeah, the Gloucester cricketer, now bodybuilder. Um, and, and I thought, that can't be true. I, well, I said, I could see it might be true, given the size of uh, Ollie Lawrence. Anyway, 
this was kind of, so I, I did a bit of research and found out that he's not Sid Lawrence's son at all. He's like, his dad played for Mosley or something in the Midlands. So I did actually point this out to this uh, rival podcast that they got it wrong. Um, and they, they said that's fine. So, but actually, that aside, um, he, uh, I thought he was good that day. He looked, to me, he, he looked like a, a solid bloke in the centre. You know, we were, we were partly in the context that we were quite worried that day about um, Worcester being the bogey team and you know it was a tight game and uh, you know he, on another day he could have uh, caused even more problems so I, 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 there was a few Harlequins players actually up my um, hmm. uh, which is the other one that was I could remember um, in Victoria but, but I think I'm going to stick with Ollie Lawrence well, that, that, right. that, that was certainly one of the names that was in my mind um, very, very impressive against us um, and and Miles, I I think Zach Mercer as well. It was one of those standout performances. And as Lee oh. says, when you notice an opposition player, they really must be doing something. And the fact that we were whipping them that day um, uh, to 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 remember Zach Mercer's performance is really good. Well, I, I I'm going to go therefore for another number at eight. And that's Alex Dombrand in the the last game against Quinns. Because for a a Quinns team that were outplayed and didn't themselves play particularly well, um, I just thought he he was quite outstanding on that crash ball. um, And what a talent. And I know when I've seen him play some of the games on TV, um, the fact that Eddie Jones isn't, got him in the England squad is just absolutely baffling so I think the player um, along with Ollie Lawrence that stands out for me is Alex Dombrand yeah. so I'll be, I'll be really in just, just, hang, on, hang on a sec just before do you, we... not think, do you not think he's a potential prop for England in Eddie James's new plan well to, <laughs> to, to be honest he could be anywhere in the 15 in, in Eddie's plan um, but I'm going to throw that out to our listeners tweet us and tell us who you think has been the player that's impressed you most from the opposition when they've played against Bristol this season. So um, we've had Loder, we've had Mercer, we've had Lawrence and we've had Dombrant. Do you agree with that? Or is there somebody else that's really stood out for you? Well, that's it nearly for this week's show. Um, Has anybody got any other business? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a little thing as I've been with you for a few weeks. Um, can I just say thank you to the fantastic gesture that Ashton Gay are showing every single night, lighting up a sign thanking the fantastic NHS for their work, which uh, I, I do work for. I hasten to add. Um, so that, that's about it for me. Yeah, that's. I mean, well done, Ashton Gay. You know, we all support the NHS in this time of uncertainty. But good on you. Well, Tony, can I just say, actually, I, I completely agree with Miles there, even though he's absolutely slated me this podcast. Um, I do salute you, Miles, and I think we'll, the, collectively the, the, the trio um, would all say we we absolutely salute you, the job you're doing, and um, really, might be really, after us, <laughs> really good stuff, mate. Yeah. And at least you've got at least you've got a valid excuse for for not being on the podcast for uh, for the next week or two. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, I, I've got a little bit of any other business that um, uh, one of our podcast listeners. Um, I, I, I spoke to them actually. They uh, they gave me a call. It was about something else, and. Um, 
I, I think this is what they call a backhanded compliment because uh, Peter Hale, who listens to the podcast, says that what he tends to do is uh, when when the podcast is out, he when he goes to bed and listens to it in bed. But then he did admit he did admit he's never actually got through to the end of the show. It, it sends him to sleep. So um, oh, we're that good. We're that good. We're that good. But he did say he then goes back and listens the next morning to to the to the bits he's missed. So uh, Peter, you know, um, if you've got your your cup of hot chocolate and you're just shuffling off in your slippers to bed, then uh, may, maybe you can make make it to the end for this one. Tony, could you ask Pete actually when um, when he does start nodding off? Would it have any correlation with when Miles is talking? <laughs> oh, well, I thought you could say B. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's interesting. I'll see if I can find that out for the next show. Pete, anything for you? Well, it's kind of a, a, any other business stroke go, and it's a very brief one. But I think that rugby can help with this. Um, and this is this this you know the current sort of don't want to go into it too much, but the social distancing rule about being two meters away from people, and clearly there's been a lot of debate you know today and, and this weekend about people flouting the two meter rule. And I was thinking, well, how can we help people understand this? Because clearly, you know, the politicians telling us not to do it isn't isn't working with some people. So of course, what I thought is that what the the government should do is have a big. Um, publicity campaign showing the Exeter Caterpillar. <laughs> and so that, therefore, everybody can visualise what two metres minimum is that you have to be um, away from the back of the ruck to the ball. Um, and then it got me thinking that, you know, what other things could could we help the public to understand the two metre rule? And I, I suddenly thought about, you know, that... Um, you know that uh, that order, that court order that Nathan Hughes took out on Lee <laughs> about him being at least two meters away at any time. But actually, it wasn't two; it was about two hundred meters, meters, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, so my my any other business stroke go almost is 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 I think rugby can help people who struggle to understand basic things um, what this this two meter rule is. So I, I think the Exeter Caterpillar needs to be advertised. Around the whole country, Tony. Can I just say thank you, Pete, for using my idea for that? Well, you didn't and, say it. I was waiting for you to say it. But yeah, but yeah, listen. The other thing is, what we could say is two meter rule. That's about as far as Miles can throw a rugby ball. So <laughs> we've got lots of examples. Yeah. Actually, I think I, I think I think Jordan Crane's boy can throw it further than Miles. Yeah, you get him a contract. <laughs> yeah, we, hey, we should have mentioned that as well, actually, because Hunter has definitely been he's definitely been watching Callum. Because uh, did you see uh, the the latest Twitter post of him hitting the uh, hitting the bar, hitting the uprights? Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's been some quite good Twitter updates from some of the players, you know, in their kind of self-isolation as it were there was something about some of the lads sort of clearing out the garage somewhere in, you know lifting boxes and stuff like that yeah. outside the garage in Clifton <laughs> and some of the other lads sort of running up and down some school field because because seriously I mean those boys have got to, as we know have got to keep themselves mm. fit I mean that's part of you know what their their requirement is you know regardless of what we think about the season but yes yeah, it's been some, some quite interesting uh, and I think I had a quick look on Max the Heath's Instagram 
<laughs> post tonight as well, just to see what he's been up to. And uh, I don't know, I had to go and sit in a in a darkened room after that. It was bizarre. <laughs> Can I just say before we, we before we wrap up, we put the any other business thing in there, and then the one thing that Pete wanted to talk about, he's completely forgotten. <laughs> Have you remembered? Yes. Huge. Yeah, just a quick plug for my local boozer, the Coronation, just on Dean Lane. Um, it's a single, you know, he bought, I think the landlord bought out, bought, bought himself out from the, 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 the other people who owned it. He's a, he's a one-man band. Obviously, the, the band is, is hitting massively, um, but he's, um, he started offering sort of takeouts and, and, and takeaway food, you know, like a lot of pubs have. But considering it's my local boozer and it's a BS3 boozer, um, I just think, you know, we should all, not just him, but I think we should all, as rugby fans, as beer drinking rugby fans, I assume a lot of us are, is that we should try and support our local establishments wherever we live, wherever we are in the world, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, you know, don't, let's not stop drinking ale just because of uh, the situation. So that, that's well, why. Pete, I, don't, I, don't, Pete, I don't have to worry about that with Lynn. I would say, I would say, from the sound of Miles's voice, I think he's he's probably recording from down there at the moment, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that that rounds it up for this week. So um, wherever you are, Bristol Bears fans, stay safe. Uh, look after yourselves. Look after each other. And uh, for for Pete Hale, night night. <laughs> Good night, <He's> already gone. <laughs> Come on, Briz. Yeah.